Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we are just in awe of who you are and we are in your presence right now. We thank you, Lord, for this time that we can come before you and allow you to minister to us. And Lord, we need your ministering right now. We need everything that you can give to us to help us to be able to navigate the many different things that happen in our lives that come upon us. We may not expect them, but Lord, here they are, and yet they're still sometimes quite difficult to reconcile. But Lord, we thank you for your grace, and we thank you for your peace in the midst of all these things. And we thank you for the teaching that comes from those things. We ask that you bless this group right now, and we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I've mulled over this message for a few weeks now. I am prayerfully trusting that the Spirit is going to provide the wisdom for those of you who have lost loved ones and are pondering over what those experiences mean to you. My mother's passing was the conclusion of a long season of elder care and ensuring that she was in the best place that she could be given her condition. The thoughts that follow are an acknowledgement of her life, but also a call to those who need reassurance about the goodness of God, how much he loves us, and how he desires for us to embrace his salvation. As many of you already know, I was actively involved in helping my mother in her later years. The memories that I'm about to share of my mom are entirely from my account of events. As I go through these, I hope you're going to see that there is a foundational element for each one of them. And they pertain to how God was ever-present in her good days and in her not-so-good moments. Even when we were not, when we are not at our best, God reassures us that He has never left us. He doesn't promise immunity from health issues or problems in our life, but He does promise that He is always with you. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Deuteronomy 31. Let's take a look at verse 8. Deuteronomy 31. Verse 8. Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. Scripture has a wonderful way of reassuring us. We've read passages off and on before, but isn't it amazing how God will speak to you at a time when you really need it? Through his word. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you. Nor abandon you. And in the journey with my mother. I had to rely upon that. A lot. Because the uncertainty of dealing with someone with Alzheimer's and dementia 
Well, that's become more and more common for a lot of us, isn't it? Because you don't really quite know what to expect from one day to the next. And sometimes we get those inconvenient phone calls from the facility. Mom took a fall. Mom bumped into this. Mom got into an altercation with someone. Little things like that. But we really have to rest on the Lord in all of these situations. Let me give you an example of one time in my mom's life. This is relatively recently, within the last decade or so. Ernest W. Stevens Jr., my mom's brother, Uncle Sonny, to me and my brother Kevin, was certainly a character in his own right. I had the pleasure of getting to know Sonny a bit more. He became a man of faith and married Louise, a very sweet woman who could handle Sonny for good measure. They both attended the first church that I had joined in 1987, Bible Baptist Church in Bedford, Ohio. From our conversations, I learned that Mom had a very close relationship with Sonny. When Sonny passed away in December of 2010, my mom expressed the desire to go to Sonny's funeral. Now, she had never done that with any of her other siblings. At the time, this really caught me a little off guard. In 2010, Mom had slowed down considerably. Her cognitive ability was steadily declining. The daily visits to her house were now like a pass-fail grade at this point, depending on what day it would be. One day was really good, some days were okay, others were not so good when her dementia was more active. I wondered to myself, how in the world am I going to get her to Sonny's memorial service. It was in Willoughby Hills. And we live in Northfield Center. And there was a day-to-day concern that she would just not be ready or able to go when the day finally arrived. It was necessary to pray and frankly petition the Lord over the event and appeal for mom to be in the best possible shape for the trip. To this day, I give glory to the Lord over the outcome. The day of the service, when I picked her up at home, she was on time and ready to go. I checked what she was wearing, and after a small amount of musing that I kept to myself, I gave a mental thumbs up for being good enough to go with what she had on. And then we proceeded to the service. All I can say is that my mom sat through the lengthy car ride and the entire service. She was peaceful and pleasant. After the service, she was lucid, conversational, and very polite with the other family members who were present. In my mind, I was absolutely stunned. I could not believe what I was seeing. It was amazing to me. I was waiting for something bad to happen. It never did. The service was beautiful and she also really enjoyed it. It must have meant a lot to her to be able to say goodbye to her brother. And the Lord granted her that privilege. 
I was reminded by the Lord that my ways of thinking and processing what was happening with my mom were not His ways. He is a sovereign God who operates in the eternal present. Take a look at what it says in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. And I'll be reading this from the New King James Version. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. And once again, I knew about this scripture, but it had to remind me that God presided over that entire day as far as my mother was concerned. Why? Because in verse 8 of Isaiah 55, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, Melvin. Melvin's not in there, but you get it. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. That is why I just simply needed to trust God, watch Him work through the matter, and give Him the glory for the wonderful outcome. Now, upon reflection, because I've had a chance to pray about this and think about this, why would why of all days was this able to come across in the way it did? It was because the Lord was being sensitive to the special brother-sister relationship that my mom had with Uncle Sonny. It was a special relationship. I think she was closer to my brother, her brother, than all the other sisters. And he was being sensitive to that. He granted her the peace necessary to allow her to see the event through as she paid her respects. It was miraculous. Nothing less than miraculous. It went well beyond my reasoning. It went well beyond my understanding. But who knows the hearts of God's people more than God himself? Amen. I want you to take a look at Psalm 139. We're going to read through verses 1 through 10. And I want you to understand the personalization of the relationship that Jesus has with all of you. Because he knows who you are intimately. He knows all about you. And this psalm is a a song, but a celebration of how well Jesus knows you. And I think we need to sometimes be reminded of this as well too. You're here for a reason and a purpose. And you were created for a reason and a purpose. And it's not just to take up space. It's because you're here to honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. But understand something. He needs you to understand and want you to see how intimately he knows about you. Psalm 139, verse 1. To the choir master, this is English Standard Version. To the choir master, a psalm of David. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Verse 4. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Oh boy. Makes you want to watch those words, doesn't it? But isn't that something? Before you even know what you're going to say, he already knows. 
You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or well shall I, where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. How important are these words of Scripture? They are words that remind you of the omnipresent, which is all present, God. He is capable of being everywhere at the same time. There are no nooks or crannies or hiding places that are elusive to him. He's always available. 24-7, 365. We're going to leap here 366. Amen. He's always available. I want to give you another example about my mom. She was at uh, Forest Hills Place from 2015 through the end of 2022. In early 2020, mom contracted COVID as well as her fellow residents. She was in bed and she was having difficulty breathing. It was a very difficult time because no one knew what they were dealing with. Even the hospice nurses were freaked out. And I'm not exaggerating. They didn't know what they were dealing with. They didn't know what this thing was. But none of those things mattered. None of those things mattered. God never left my mom's presence. The Lord provided wisdom to me and to her doctor. The doctor had been with my mom for a little while now. And we discussed her health. And after she was given a bed by hospice that would allow her to sit up and breathe, which is pretty helpful, the doctor suggested giving her a Z-Pak. Z-Pak, Zithromax antibiotic. Everybody knows what a Z-Pak is. Have you all had Z-Paks before? Those are the things that are supposed to kill everything that basically that you have is antibiotic. And the doctor said, with that, what have we got to lose? Because that's how things were back then. What have we got to lose? After completing the first Z-Pack, a second run of it was added. And with fervent prayer and petitions, God healed her from COVID. And I can't tell you enough how much it meant that the church was praying, our family was praying, everyone was praying about this incident. But God healed her from COVID. Now, I'm going to share something with you. You can't repeat it. But we happened to hear, at that time, there were like 23-some-odd residents back in the back building where my mom was. My mom was only one of two survivors. And that was just shared by a nurse. She didn't mention names or anything like that, but it was a very stressful time. But God healed her from COVID, one of two survivors. It wasn't very long before she was back to her baseline of walking throughout the facility much of the day. She was getting her exercise the way she normally did, always on her feet, always moving around. The Lord heals our afflictions, and that's true, but he also is there as our spiritual healer. 
Because we need spiritual healing. Amen. We need His healing touch in our lives. Physical and spiritual. But we need His spiritual healing. I want you to go to James chapter 5, verse 16. I want you to understand something that we need to recognize about the goodness of God. And even as we're praying for others, we need to make sure we're taking care of business ourselves. We need to make sure that we are right with the Lord as we go about our business. James chapter 5, verse 16. James 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. We need to make sure we are right with the Lord as we are going to Him in prayer. We need to take care of business. We need to confess our sins. We need to shed this pridefulness that sometimes afflicts us. When we're not taking those matters to the Lord as we should. But He says He's going to heal us and pray as we pray for one another. He's going to heal us. But we need to make sure that we have a proper relationship with him that time. My lovely bride reminded me the other day that my mom had words of scripture written everywhere throughout the house. She would write them inside book jackets, legal pads, and write them on newspapers too. They were everywhere. Amen. This is very important in that my mother... As her memory of people and places began to fade, her knowledge and understanding of Scripture was at least at that moment at the forefront. It was right there. And frankly, as an administrator, she used to write stuff down all the time. That's what she did. She worked at Ford Motor Company and she was an administrator. So you would always see these little written, handwritten notes about things. But she had Scripture written everywhere. The root of her understanding began with who Jesus Christ is. She was raised in a Christian household. Her father was a reverend. Another PK, I know, right? Her father was a reverend. Jesus declares in his word that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him. Amen? John 14, 6. I'll just rattle these off for you. You can write them down as I go. Abraham believed in God and it was his faith in the Lord that made him righteous before God. Genesis 15, 6. And it was because of that relationship that Abraham was truly a friend of God. James 2, 23. As for you and me, we understand that faith in God is absolutely necessary to please him. Where is that from? Hebrews 11, 6. And while we all sin and fall short of God's glory, it is our belief in Jesus Christ that assures us of His redemption because of what He did on the cross for us. Romans 3, 22 to 25. Romans 5, 8 and 9. My mom declared that Jesus was her personal Lord and Savior 
I want you to understand this for all that it is worth. She understood that Jesus was Lord and Savior while she was still able to do it in the soundness of her own mind. While she was able to do it in the soundness of her own mind. She did it while she was able to do it. In God's grace, she was able to make that decision on her own. On her own. The plight that many people have today is to believe that there is still an abundance of time to live in the manner that they choose. What a mistake. We have a lot of people today who are professional gamblers of time. Professional gamblers of time. Not just gamblers, professional. Without even realizing what the stakes are. Not too far from here are a number of casinos where you can go and spend a few pennies or spend a few nickels to try to turn them into dollars. Hopefully I won't catch you there. (laughs) That just occurred to me. I might be speaking to somebody a little bit too closely there. You can even play games. Hey, listen, you can even play games or online. Online or wager on a sporting events right from your smartphone. Anybody got any bets today on what's going on with the Super Bowl? I don't. When it comes to betting, there are winners and losers. Remember this always. There's always winners and there's always losers. My contention is that the most important decision in your life that you can make has nothing to do with money. It has to do with your life and your nemesis is time. Your nemesis is time. Please turn to Psalm 139. Go back to Psalm 139. I want you to look at verse 16. Psalm 139 verse 16. I want you to see how important. Remember, here's the Lord who knows all about you, knows all about your heart, knows all about what you're thinking, feeling. He knows the words before they come out of your mouth. He knows all about who you are. So you're not a secret to Him. So I want you to see what it says in verse 16. Psalm 139, verse 16. From the New Living Translation. Psalm 139, verse 16. You saw me before I was born. Say what? You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. What is this saying? The Lord knows how long you are going to be here. That's what it says. He knows the number of days. He knows the hour when you're going to be leaving. He knows how long you're going to be here. The gamble is in that you don't know how much time you have left. Amen? You don't know how much time you've got. None of us do. My mother faced that same dilemma. 
And it was made even more complicated when she received the diagnosis of early onset Alzheimer's disease. That is why it is important to not leave such an important decision out there without settling it once and for all. Make the choice. Settle the matter now about your salvation while you are able. Settle the matter about your salvation while you're able. Jesus came to earth for the sole purpose of providing every person who believes in him salvation and eternal life. Go ahead and turn to John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. We sometimes jump past this passage because it's one of the more common passages we'll read. But let's look at it together. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. I'm going to be providing the New King James Version because that's the one that kind of spoke to me as I put this together. John 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And verse 17, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Now, this is very simple for us to understand. And yet, for some of us, we have gambled our time away without recognizing this. Turn to Romans chapter 10. Let's look at verses 9 through 11. And I'm not, a, I'm not, uh, I'm sensitive to the fact that Satan doesn't want this message to come through clearly. Um, that's, that's a tactic. But that's Okay. Verses 9 to 11, Romans 10, New Living Translation. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Another very clear passage that gives us exactly what we need to know about salvation in Jesus Christ. Jesus came because God loves us and he offers us the gracious gift of salvation for those who believe in him. For those who believe in him. God loved my mother. God still loves my mother. She was selected by God and created as an eternal being. While it is difficult to comprehend why some have to go through Alzheimer's disease and dementia, our sovereign God remains wholeheartedly committed to loving everyone that experiences this terrible disease. He still loves every single one of them. I want you to look at Psalm twenty-two, twenty-four. I bumped into this passage. 
But I want you to see something that's really important here. Because we sometimes wrestle with the fact that why did God allow this to happen in my mother's life or anybody else's life? That's not the right question. The fact is he did. But we need to see something about this. Psalm 22 verse 24. This is from the New American Standard Bible. For he has not despised nor scorned the suffering of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him for help, he heard. Our prayers that we make to the Lord, he hears them when we're scuffling with this stuff. But understand something. He has empathy for those who are afflicted because he suffered when he went to the cross. And he went to the cross for all of us. So he has complete empathy for those of us who are scuffling with this thing. Jesus emphatically calls for those who love him just to take refuge in his presence. Just stay with him. Sit with him. Be with him. Focus on him throughout the whole time that you're going through it. And how important is Jesus' peace? Well, John 14, 27 tells you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Thank goodness for that. Amen? Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. He's telling you, give it all to him. Don't be troubled. Don't be fearful. Just stay focused on him. Salvation in Jesus requires believing in the deity and authority of Jesus in your life before you can't do it. Before you can't do it. There comes a point in your life where you can't do it. You're no longer able to do it. You can't do it when your mind is unable to form the words or the thought. You get where I'm coming from? For most of us, that's at the moment of death. But God has control over those who believe and trust Him with His words. And death here is not the end. It's a transition. There is eternal life to behold and experience. I want you to go to Psalm 116, please. Let's take a look at verses 15 through 19. Psalm 116, verses 15 through 19. This will be the New Living Translation. This is a moment in in the passage where it was kind of surprising when I first read it. But when I look at this, it's like, well, this is true. It's truth. It says in verse 15, Psalm 116, The Lord cares deeply when His loved ones die. Wow. The Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. O Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant. Born into your household, you have freed me from my chains. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the house of the Lord, in the heart of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. It's a transition to a place where you'll be doing all the things that it says 
after verse 15. You're a servant of the Lord. You're going to be in his household. You no longer have the shackles of death surrounding you. You are going to be with the Father. You're going to give him praise. You're going to worship him. And that's why Jesus tells us not to be fearful or afraid. A believer who has confidence in what they have knows that they're going to a place to be with the Father. To worship him and give him praise. When Jonah was praying while he was inside the fish, in complete darkness, all that he could do was offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to God. That's in Jonah 2, verse 9. Because it was dark. He was only there for himself. No one else to talk to but the Lord. There comes a point in time when there is nothing left for you and you can't move in your bed or wherever you're laying your head. It is all that you can do to gather a thought of words to acknowledge God. And that day is coming for a lot of us. But when you acknowledge God, guess what? God will hear you. Because right after that statement was made in Jonah, immediately the fish had spit Jonah out onto the shore. Well, what do you know? God hears you. Remember, you can't go anywhere and hide from God. You can't go someplace and tuck yourself in and say, God can't see me. Incorrect. God's going to hear you. And at the end of the day, he knows the heart of every person. He knows the heart of every person in this room right now. Please go to Matthew chapter 5. And this is a great passage for those of us who are kind of going through it. You're in between someone's passing and before you get to a service. This kind of spoke to me a little bit. Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. Matthew 5, verses 3 and 4. From the New Living Translation. God blesses those who are poor and realize the need for Him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn. For they will be comforted. When we go through a a loss in the family, we are relying upon the comfort of God to get through it. Some of us have had very close relationships with our mothers or fathers and and our relatives. And sometimes the, the action, the death is very sudden. You can't explain it. You can't get through it. We must have the comfort of God to get through those opportunities, those moments. We must have it. It's a requirement. For moments in life, we're in a time of mourning. But as we trust in Jesus, we know that our sorrow will be met with joy. Our sorrow will be met with... Let me repeat that again. 
our sorrow will be met with joy. It's because we know where our loved ones are. It's because I know where my mom is. I know where she is. I'm very confident of that. Eternity is where we will all meet her. She'll be there and will have the ability to worship and praise the Lord without restriction or limitation. And what a reunion that's going to be one day. It's going to be incredible. So what are we to do about all this? Go to Hebrews 12, verse 2. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Hebrews 12, verse 2. New Living Translation. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. We keep our eyes on Jesus. We focus on Him. You better believe the world does not want you focusing on Jesus. The world wants you focusing on everything else that has nothing to do with Jesus. And that's to the peril of many. But we know better. We have the information we need to make sure that we can get through these moments of difficulty. Scripture records what is most likely the last chance moment when a person acknowledges Jesus Christ personally as Lord and Savior. It is the account of the two thieves who were crucified at the same moment that Jesus was on his cross. I want you to turn to Luke 23 and let's look at the account. And I have to mention this because, you know, in all reality, some of us, some of us have lived a life that's really hard-headed. Amen? Amen. Hard-headed and have not paid attention and have almost gambled all their chips away. Amen? So it's encouraging to see that at least Scripture records for us an example of somebody who gets in, albeit scorched. Amen? Luke 23, verses 39 through 43. And I love Luke. Luke writes. He tells the truth. He speaks his truth. Of course, the Spirit's giving it to him. That's his style of writing. But he's telling it like it is here. Verse 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insult to him, being Jesus. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Verse 42. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Amen. Verse 43. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Last chance. Got it right. Jesus knew the heart of the repentant thief. Remember that. 
Jesus knew the heart of the repentant thief. He welcomed him into the kingdom of God right then and there. And his words ring true for anyone who believes in the saving power of Jesus Christ. He is our salvation. Jesus is our salvation. He knows where your heart is too. Amen? Jesus is waiting for you to make the decision to believe and trust in him. But trust in him today while you're able. While you're able. Father, we thank you for how you have given us a very clear path to what it is to truly have a relationship with you. Not just practicing religion, but a relationship. And Lord, for everyone within the sound of my voice, whether it be here or online, anyone who does not have that personal relationship with you, Lord, I pray that you speak to those people right now. I pray that you convey the urgency of doing it right now and not putting it off. I pray for everyone in this room. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you need a touch right now from the Lord Jesus Christ, if you need Him in your life, acknowledge it right now. Make it known right now. Don't let something like shyness or something that will distract you from paying attention to the importance of this message allow you to put it off one more day. Lord, we pray that if you have acknowledged Jesus as Lord right now, anyone in the sound of my voice, if you hear him speaking to you, that you come forward. And that indeed, if you don't come forward now, come and see myself or Pastor Gus or any one of our elders here in the church that you need prayer right now. It's too important of a message. Remember, the Lord knows your days. He knows the time you have. May we be sensitive to that. May we recognize it for what it truly is. Lord, we thank you. You are always the one who is aware of who we are. And Lord, if we try to hide from you, we can't. Because you're always present. Bless us, Lord. Thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.